It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And Noah, we... we we made it through another weekend, man. I wish that I didn't. I wish we were still going through the weekend. Went by too quickly, buddy. Man, I tell you, it's always great to make it through another weekend, even though we wanted to be extended. And uh, But you know what? We here for another week, uh, beginning Monday. It's Monday. I know you ain't got no cue. No Monday things. sounds. No, but that's well, one day closer to the big Friday soon. Well, I tell you, doing uh, uh, the pre-show, you were telling me about uh, uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, I mean, man. Okay. Have you seen season one yet? i seen one, maybe one and a half shows. Get through, the, get through the season. You're going to love it. Just found out this last weekend doing my social media scrolling. And one of my favorite actors, character actors of all time, John DeLancey, is returning for Picard Season 2 as the formidable Q. I'm just all kinds of geeking out right now. Man, you know, man, he played a wonderful Q in many other uh, previous episodes. So I'm excited. And it, just just in case our listening audience, if you don't know, my producer is a huge, huge trackie. Oh, not in just, the biggest not, way, man. <laughs> not just trackie, but Star Star Wars. Star Trek, all, Star Wars. All, eh, eh, and, and this is how we say it in the song. Everything. Yep. <laughs> Dry, man. You know, how you doing, man? I I'm miss good. you, bro. You know, I went and took my lady to a nice uh, dinner. We were actually able to go out for... Uh, it seems like it's been forever, so we went and had some sushi and then went over some uh, great landscape in San Diego yesterday on Sunday and discovered some San Diego historic landmarks, so had a good weekend. Man, you know what? Um, I can't wait. We're going to be back there the week of the July 3rd, actually the 5th, and Michelle and uh, she's coming with me. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen Michelle. It's been a long while, so I'm very excited to see both of you. It, it, she's going to be in studio. We're going to do all four days because uh, I think the fifth is a holiday. So, Noah, you got to help me figure out which previous show we might run that day. So, so many great shows. <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. I'm thinking either Jazz or Perry Shore. That's what I'm thinking. Man, don't you know Noah as a day? I got three jazz artists. Oh, the excitement is building. Committed to the show. And I'm hoping that one or two of them call in tonight because uh, we got a great guy, Micah Klasky, who is, uh, you know, I tell you, the guy published books, write books, do books, everything. Everything books. Not just that, but this guy is fantastic, Noah. He's fantastic. Um, minister, 30 years as being a pastor. I mean, uh, when we get an opportunity to get a chance and we, of course, Noah, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna put him on the spot. We're going to get a chance to know who this guy is. We get an opportunity to know who he is and, uh, knows who he is, not whose he is. <laughs> it's going to be so fantastic. But Noah, I had to always introduce my great co-host. Uh, Michelle Cooley. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> uh, no, wait she, here, Michelle. We need to get some more mic yeah, volume. She, she, she got and an always uh, this thing of getting away from the mic, and and she that's not how radio work. That's not how it work. So she had to be part. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great, Noah. Can you can you hear me now? No, still has, sounds like oh, you're no. you're 
You're off of the distance. We need to bring Michelle closer here. Okay. Now, we, 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 we would do that, Noah. Uh, um, we're going to do that. But I tell you, man, uh, what I want to talk about this guy, uh, the title of the show tonight is Your Path to Publishing Success. Just like I said, this guy owns uh, a publishing company. He is so extraordinary, and he is a great guy. And I just can't wait to uh, get him uh, on. So, Michelle, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about the program tonight? Yes. The title of the show is Your Path to Publishing Success. And the purpose of the show is to learn about the career achievements of publisher, author, writer, and book coach Michael J. Klassen. Learn about the services and resources of alumni media and what they provide. To learn what is collaborative publishing and a transcendent book. Learn what makes a book impactful and how we can make a difference. And learn about some mistakes beginner writers make. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about our great guest? Yes, Michael J. Klassen. Michael J. Klassen, best-selling, award-winning ghostwriter, author, freelance writer, book coach, and publisher, has worked on projects with authors as varied as former President Jimmy Carter, Lessons from Life Bible, Michael John Cusack, Surfing for God, and Philip Yancey, A Companion in Crisis. He has worked on over 70 traditionally published books that have sold millions of copies and can be found in nearly every bookstore in America. His latest book, Battle Prayers will be released by W Publishing, a division of HarperCollins, in 2022. He's the president of Alumni Media, a hybrid publishing company that's changing the world one book at a time. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Michael J. Classen. Welcome to the show, Michael. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing awesome, James. Thank you very much for having me on. Man, you know, I tell you, man, I've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks now. And uh, we finally got you here. So uh, just doing our research and just uh, understanding a little bit about you. Can you tell our listening audience? And uh, hold on, Mike, just hold on one sec. If you want to be part of this great conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Mike, as I was saying, can you tell our listening audience a little, little bit where you grew up and a little bit about your background? Okay, so uh, I grew up in the Denver, Colorado area. I lived in Littleton, Colorado. Actually, just a couple miles from Columbine High School where the shooting was in 1999. And um, so, so I grew up in Denver. I have a wife, Kelly, and uh, three daughters. My oldest is 30. I have two 24-year-olds. One, they're two months apart in age. Uh, one we adopted when she was seven, and then the other is a singer-songwriter. She just moved to Nashville and is trying to make it big as, like I said, as a singer-songwriter. So, but uh, when I was five years old, I knew I wanted to be a pastor someday. And when, when people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And a lot of people say, I want to be an astronaut. Or they say, I want to be a firefighter. I would say, I want to be a pastor. And I ended up spending, you know, like you said, 30 years as a pastor. Um, but one thing I never dreamed about doing when I was little was being a writer. And somehow... Uh, the doors opened up for me to be a writer. So, so here I am today in Littleton and just, uh, trying to change the world. Wow. So Michael, how did you get into publishing? So, so people ask me a lot, you know, how to get into publishing. And I tell them, well, you didn't have a roommate from college who goes into publishing. And, uh, so, so basically, um, I had a roommate in college and we had a lot of fun together and we would joke around about writing a book together someday. And it was basically if something funny happened, we'd say, oh, that's another chapter in our book. In our, in our book. So he ends up going into publishing. Um, Thirteen years later, after we first started joking around about it, he's the president of a publishing company. And he calls me on the phone and says, do you want to ghostwrite a book for a, a religious television personality? And every pastor in America wants to be an author. And I said, sure. So I was the ghostwriter for this book. It ended up becoming a top 10 bestseller um, in the Christian market. And all of a sudden, it took me down this path I'd never intended on going. And and um, two years later, he and I wrote a book together with uh, Thomas Nelson Publishing, a, a Christian publishing company. 
a book called Prairie Sanibri Mountain. So we actually wrote a book together. We've written four books together since then. And, and I tell you, I've met so many interesting people. Um, one, you know, so when I resigned from pastoral ministry six years ago, uh, I, I quit to, to pursue my own career as a freelance writer and as a publisher. And, and within six weeks, I ended up getting pulled into the Ted Cruz campaign and I was uh, Raphael Cruz's uh, ghostwriter, uh, Ted Cruz's dad. And, and I'll never forget, my, my best friend and me were sitting in Ted Cruz's apartment, and he comes out of his bedroom, he's got his red power tie on, and, um, and, he, and we asked him where he was going. He was flying out to New York City because he was going to meet with Donald Trump, where, uh, if you remember, in the presidential debates, they agreed not to criticize each other. And that was the meeting he was flying to. So... Anyway, it was just surreal being pulled into that. But I've, I've worked with a lot of interesting people, have a lot of interesting stories, and, and I love what I do. Hey, Mike, uh, man, this is fascinating. I want to come back and, and finish talking. we got to take a station break at the moment. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, the true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and we got the fantastic Michael J. Claskin. That's, I, I tell you, uh, when it comes to publishing, when it comes to uh, understanding what that means, when it comes to being pastoring, because he is a f- former pastor, which you, you never leave it because it's always sure. in you for 30 years. And uh, I love chatting with this guy, even though I only talked to him for the last couple of weeks. So, But uh, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 344 Again, that's one 344 Hey, Noah, before we get started with this, and you know me and you talk about this all the time, the love of the Lord and faith. Yeah, it is a huge part of how we live out our daily lives, and I think faith you can use in pretty much no matter what it is, whether you're a pastor or you have some other career, uh, you're going to face challenges, and it's that faith that will keep you going forward. And uh, I tell you, man, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, I've been doing this, uh, you've been doing it for 20 plus years, 
but I've been doing this uh, almost 17 months now, but you've been my primary producer for the last four months, and I tell you, man, every time I talk to you, every night you bring me joy uh, because I know uh, that you and I are on the same track and we believe the same. That really, that is a huge thing when you're talking. Obviously, you can talk to people of different walks of life, and that's fine. But so I know where you stand. You know where I stand. It's the same page, and we learn a lot, and we push a lot with making sure that we're always going to be bettering ourselves and each other. I mean, that's priceless stuff. And uh, one thing that Michael just mentioned is he talked about Rafael Cruz. Now, I haven't had the opportunity to meet him. A couple of times uh, uh, in uh, uh, the Temecula Men's Breakfast, and he had been a regular speaker there. And with him, it's not all about political. It's all about uh, belief, trust in the Lord, because I'm not a political person. And so uh, Michael, he brought that up. I I did not know he was going to bring it up, but uh, I think he understands exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I'm going to turn this back over to Michelle because she kind of gave me that eye. But uh, she's beautiful, the beautiful eye, if that makes any sense. Michael, <laughs> hi. Can you tell us about your, Michael, can you tell us about your company, Alumni Media, and the services and resources it offers? Sure, sure. So it's pronounced Illumify, I-L-L-U-M-I-F-Y, media.com. But we are a hybrid publishing company. It's kind of a cross between a traditional publisher and a self-publisher. But we believe that authors have powerful ideas, but without guidance, they tend to produce books that lack focus, clarity, and appeal. And this ends up driving readers away, ultimately defeats the purpose of writing the book. So at Illumify Media, we have authors find and refine their message and then guide them through the traditional publishing process so their books look, feel, and read like a HarperCollins or a Simon & Schuster. And I know you have two, you've had two authors on your program that are Illumify authors, um, Rachel Munirazi, who is just, but what a great lady, and, uh, and also Ralph Plum is uh, one of our authors. So anyway, we can turn out a book that looks really good. We have it about 20 years in traditional publishing, and the books that we publish are offered in 40,000 different independent and chain bookstores, libraries, online retailers around the world. So we can reach just about anywhere that people speak English. Wow. So, so um, what is a ghostwriter? Okay, so I'll, I'll go back to Rafael Cruz. So when I met Rafael, um, he had about 30,000 words written out, notes and things, and they told me they wanted me to write, the publishing company told me they wanted me to write a 70,000-word book, and they gave me seven weeks to do it. So that's 10,000 words a week, which is more than I'd ever written in my life. And so what I did is I spent about three hours with Raphael, and I'm studying his, the way he speaks. I'm studying, just trying to get the feel for Raphael. And then he, he was in, you know, he was traveling all over the place for the presidential campaign. I went back to Denver, and I started writing the book. But there were times that he would give me three points and I'd have to write a chapter about it. But, but there comes a point for a ghostwriter when I become Rafael Cruz and I know his, I know his thoughts. I know how he would say things and I would write out the whole chapter and then send it to him. And he was thrilled. And, um, and that's the fun part. So basically a ghostwriter takes the author's material and either rewrites it or expands it. It, it can be, you know, sometimes we interview the person. Sometimes it's transcriptions. It just varies on the project. But uh, it's, a, it's not a lot of writers are able to do that, but it's, it's just somehow the doors open up for me to become a ghostwriter, and it's been a lot of fun. Wow. Mike. Oh, sorry, Michelle. Go ahead. No, that's you, know. <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, I think ghostwriting is fascinating. It, it, it's such a, a niche part of the profession, and I, it, it just – you have to have a special set of skills to make it happen. How is it different, Michael, from collaborative publishing? Well, collaborative, well, ghostwriting is the, the writing part. In collaborative publishing, we can actually ghostwrite. We're working with uh, a pastor in, in Michigan right now, ghostwriting a book for him. But collaborative publishing begins with a, with a powerful idea from the author. It could be a, a fiction story or a nonfiction. Maybe the idea still needs to be fleshed out, but the seed of the idea is still there. 
But the power of collaboration is that when you work with a community of guys who are committed to you and your message or, or story, something amazing happens. And I, and I call this catalytic. There's a, you know, in a catalyst, you have two chemicals that come together. It makes something different than it was before. And, and a, catalyst, a catalytic book is impossible when you're doing it on your own. But when you bring in collaborative publishing where you have a team of people who are for you, who believe in you, who believe that you have something to say, and then with that back and forth, the dialogue back and forth, helps produce something that wouldn't have happened on its own. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. So from collaborative publishing and ghostwriting, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, lay it out. What makes any book, what helps make it impactful? Uh, well, what makes it impactful, first of all, is the author is uh, you're pressing on the, the pain point of, of the book. You're pressing hard on the pain point of the audience so the audience feels it. You're telling stories. You're, you're hooking the reader. You, you know, like, like one of the things I'm, I'm all about is um, I always begin with the assumption that my reader has ADHD. And, and the Internet has changed the way that we read. It changes the way we think. And so you've got to work hard at keeping your reader engaged in the book. So you tell stories. You press hard on the pain point of, of the, the pain point of the, of the reader. Um, if it's a memoir, you've got to show growth. And, 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 and even the way you, you structure the chapters – you don't resolve at the end of the chapter. You actually resolve the sto- whatever tension you've built up. You do it in the middle of the chapter so that you can begin another point of tension that helps hook the reader from chapter to chapter to chapter. Um, and so, so but, but another part about this is, you know, as a, a nonfiction writer, you want to be vulnerable. You want to bleed on the keyboard. You want the, the reader to know that you're with them in their pain, whatever the, the, the message you're, tr- you're trying to make. Michael, how have books changed you? Well, when I was uh, in elementary school, I read our entire set of encyclopedias. And uh, so I'm undefeated in Trivial Pursuit. So, um, <laughs> but when I, when I was in the second grade, I read a book that changed my life. And it was a, a Christian book called Run, Baby, Run by a guy named Mickey Cruz, who was a game leader in New York City in the 1950s. And then he came to faith in, in the Christian faith, and he decided to make a difference, and he worked with gangs the rest of his life. And he challenged me as an eight-year-old to make a difference in the world. Um, but there are other authors who, who've really affected me. Um, Philip Yancey, who uh, wrote, uh, he wrote a book called What's So Amazing About Grace that I loved, and it helped me to learn how to look empathetically at other people. Or Paul Young, who wrote The Shack, and the way that he portrayed God in a different way than what I'd ever seen before really changed really changed me. And, and the crazy thing is, Philip Yates, we just published a book with him, and Paul Young is a very good friend, and he just uh, wrote it, he spoke at my my uh, writer's conference that our company hosted just uh, three weeks ago. So, but but books change the world. Uh, it, you know, without a doubt, they change the world. And that's why I love doing what I do. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, I love... Uh, everything that you're doing and uh, you know that I am an author as well <laughs> and uh, you know uh, I'm working on my next book and you know I have looked your company up and that's a consideration I'm be honest with you uh, because I, I know what you, you <laughs> I know what you bring to the table and I know um, your style as an author, as a publisher, as a person. And um, uh, my guy, uh, Cola Books, are, are, they are the same. But, you know, uh, we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and finish this discussion with Micah Claskin. It's your life from James Cola. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. 
It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And, uh, wow, we're talking to Michael. And, um, you know, Michael is bringing it. Uh, Michael J. Class, and I, I, I tell you, great guy. I mean, I love chatting with this guy. And if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Now, Noah, you know, I got to ask him this question because uh, he's been ministering uh, for thirty years, still doing minister. Well, obviously, there's a huge passion there. There's a huge, huge passion, but I got to ask him why, and everything is all about the why. Why did you decide to change part of your profession? <laughs> and, and Michael, that, that question is towards you. I love that question. And, and, you know, I remember after I had written my second book, Ghost written my second book, and I had this realization, and this was in 1998, that the number of books that, I, that had sold filled a football stadium, and I'm passing a church of 200 people. And, and it, all of a sudden, this shift started happening. But, but, you know, fast forward to about six years ago, I ran out of gas. And I had, you know, being a pastor is hard. Um, you know, you're working weekends. You know, even, you know, my wife, we'd go out Saturday nights with our friends and I'm thinking about what I'm going to be speaking on the next morning. Yeah, you know, and then so I would work weekends. My days off were Mondays. My wife's working, and uh, so I would write books on my days off. And so, you know, all I can say is I ran out of gas. And if you're a person of faith and you belong to a faith community, you know, be kind to your leaders, encourage them, be generous to them because it's just a different animal altogether. But to your point, James, um, you know, my calling never changed. And so it just, I just switched from being a pastor in a church to being the change in the world as a publisher. But the pastor thing in me still is there. I love people. I love making a difference in people's lives. And so that's what motivates me to this day. Michael, producer Noah, again, obviously you had a huge passion for being a minister. How did you carry that over and into the world of writing and into the world of publishing and what traits as a pastor, as a minister, did you use in this new career? Well, you know, authors have struggles too. Authors have, you know, I can't tell you how many times um, when I, when I've had meetings with authors and there's other things going on in their life. And, and you know what? I want to listen. I, I, I want to hear what they have to say. And, and um, you know, so, so I'll tell you a story. We have a, a woman, she was, she lives in the area where I live, and she was um, in the Columbine shooting um, 
And when she was a senior in high school, she actually hung out with the killers, the, the Klebold and, and uh, Derek Harris. And she stopped hanging out with them her senior year because, because they were just getting so violent. But, but she lost friends on either side of her. They were killed, and she went into trauma. And I helped her write a book on, on trauma. Her name is Kristen Kruger. And she had her book launch party. And, um, and we did it at a very well-known bookstore chain here in Denver called The Tattered Cover. And um, about 150 people showed up, and so I opened up the meeting, and then she did some readings, whatever, and then and then she opened up her questions. And the hand goes up, and a woman says, yeah, I picked up your book last night at the bookstore, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. And she said, when I was uh, a child in elementary school, my dad lit himself, he poured gasoline over himself and lit himself on fire and died in front of me, and my mom blamed me for him doing this what do i do and that and and right then christian starts talking to him about or talking to her about the trauma and, and there's a counseling therapy session in front of 150 people and everybody's eyes welled up with tears and and actually she got that another woman asked her for help with her trauma and we got done with that meeting and i and i said to uh, my assistant i said this is why we publish books this is what gets me up in the morning is we can you know we can change the world with the books that we write and and so it's it's uh using the pastoral gifts I had in the church I direct it toward my authors I try to walk with them but but also you know I am fulfilling my calling through our authors I love that and as therapeutic as the writing process is with some of those experiences for the author people that have been through similar situations and have walked maybe not in the exact same footsteps, but maybe in parallel footsteps, they're able to get so much out of those experiences that the author has now written on the page. It's just invaluable. It's so great. Right. Right. I agree. I, I wrote a book for Bethany house called strange fire, holy fire for people that have gotten hurt in a certain branch of Christianity. And, uh, and people still reach out to me to talk about how it helped bring them healing. Michael, what is a transcendent book? So I love talking about transcendent books because transcendent books, they change the world. And, and I think about, you know, if you read the papers, they talk about transcendent athletes. Michael Jordan was a transcendent basketball player. Or here in Denver, we, we refer to John Elway as a transcendent um, quarterback. And there are transcendent um, authors out there from, you know, like I mentioned, Philip Yancey, for me, he's like the number one Christian author in the world. But, but transcendent books can, are, are books that are, that, that, that impart excellence to the author because it's done so well. And because the book is done so well, it, it, it establishes credibility with the author so they have something to say. But there are also books that inspire and, and seek to change the world. And, and, um, and so that's, that's what I'm about. We publish transcendent books. We, will, we, we can publish books on another level than almost anybody else. But also we want to make the author's message, we want to help them find it and refine it so they can see it as clearly as possible so that they can actually reach the, the readers with their message, either a story, memoir, whatever it is. Michael, what does making a difference look like? Making a difference means... It means listening to people, even people we disagree with. It means engaging people. It means caring. It means loving unconditionally. It means bringing hope and joy and peace. It means living what we proclaim and not just spouting our opinion. Um, you know, I got a, I got a, uh, an email today from an author of ours who told me her brother um, struggled with addiction, and, and he, he took his life about two weeks ago. And I hadn't heard from her in about two weeks. And, and for making a difference for somebody like that means caring for them. And, and it's funny, we just started this program and she just texted me to thank me for just listening to her because, it, you know, making a difference doesn't have to mean changing the whole world. It can mean letting one person know that you really care. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I believe that as long as we let people and you never know who's listening to you, Michael, who watching you or whatever that might be that uh, is reaching out for help. 
once they know that we are listening in whatever mechanism that I believe that we show them, I'm talking about uh, just being yourself, that's all, that that makes a difference in everyone's life. Well, you know, makes the thing about um, when I first got married and my wife and I both had strong personalities and we were fighting a lot. And, and my wife, you know, we had a, our first baby and we'd been married about a year. And, um, and there was a neighbor across the apartment from us and she was a retired nun. And, and what my wife and I needed to do was go to a group for marriage to learn how to be married. And this woman, Margaret, she came to us, she said, you know what? I will watch your daughter. I'll babysit your daughter for free so that you two can go to this marriage thing. And, and, and here it is, you know, we've been married now for 33 years, but this woman, Margaret, you know what? She made a difference in our marriage because she cared and she watched our kids. And it wasn't like she was immensely talented or whatever. It was just caring for us and seeing the need and feeling the need. You know, <laughs> Mike, uh, this is so wonderful how you explain that because, uh, regardless of whether we've been married one year or 30 or 40 years, when I believe when we get married, we have to rediscover each other. Uh, and, 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 uh, even, I mean, sometimes we, we, we choose to go out and have babies immediately. Right. <laughs> but we still don't know who we are or whose right. we are. And, right. um, I believe that God sent things in our lives uh to uh lead us guide us and direct us on the right things to do uh just like me being a young father long 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 time ago and and uh, i i just always wanted to do the right thing but god had to lead me into doing the right things because i need a lot of bad <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but i i did discover over time that uh in order to be a father, in order to be a good person, that you have to say what you mean and mean what you say. And, Mike, we're going to take a station break. But we are going to come back and continue this great discussion with Micah. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1. North County. AM 1170. San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, uh, believe it or not, I mean, I know if my listeners, you've been listening, you probably think that we're just talking about uh, 
faith and religion and but you know what i'm gonna be honest with you we are <laughs> in a sense but uh, but we're also talking about if you ever wanted to be an author and author if you ever wanted to write your story if you ever wanted to be published if you wanted to know how to do that we got one of the top publishers in the world micah classic and uh this is a man of many, many traits, many different things. Uh, uh, pastor, uh, father, husband, uh, publisher, everything. And, you know, I always tell my listening audience, you, you can be the jack of all traits, but you have to master one. You, you have to master one. But knowing about all of these different things, Noah, it's going to help make you a well-rounded person. Makes you a complete person. And this guy, I, I guess tonight, is a complete, in, in my opinion, he's a complete person. He's honest. And if you was able to look at his face, Noah, you would see it just shines. Uh, uh, of course, he's bald-headed like me. <laughs> but it just shines. It's that joy factor we were talking about, man. <laughs> Michael, what was it like working with former President Jimmy Carter on Lessons from Life Bible? So this is funny. So one of the things that happens in publishing is, like most, like when I was working with Christian television personalities when I was writing books for them, most of the people I never met. So I, I never actually communicated directly with Pastor, with uh, President Carter, but, but I will say this, because I remember when I first, I was his, uh, his uh, theological editor on this Bible, and I started reading through his notes, which were his Sunday school lessons from when he taught Sunday school when he was president, and I'm looking through this stuff, and I'm going, this is really, really good, and in fact, I called my senior editor, I said, um, now, did anybody talk to President Carter about plagiarism and Oh, yeah, he understands, but it was some of the most accurate material I'd ever worked with. And I've worked on about 35 or 40 study Bibles as a theological editor, but his material was amazing. But all that to say, I never met him. I never even talked to him. And, and that's kind of the norm in, in the publishing industry. That's awesome. Hey, Michael, uh, what are some of the creative ways that if people want to make a difference in their neighborhoods that they can do that right now? Because with everything that we're experiencing with you know the pandemic and so many other things in life, starting locally, starting in your own neighborhood, I think is, is so much importance right there. Right. I agree, Noah. And, you know, it starts out by getting to know your neighbors. Um, you know, you know, the way that our society is structured right now, people move into their homes, they focus on their work. And they don't even get to know their neighbors. And, and, and actually, there was a time, and I was a pastor, and, and I didn't know my neighbors. Um, but, but we got, got a knock on the door at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I went downstairs, and it was the police officer. And they asked if I knew this person. I'm like, no. Went back to bed, got a knock on the door about an hour later, and there was a mom. And, and she was, had her daughter, and she had her armor on her daughter, and, and her daughter's crying. And they said... Um, that, that uh, this, the person whose name was, was presented to us an hour before had taken his life. And, and, uh, and, but but the, the family next door, it was my next-door neighbor who had taken his life. But the mom had heard through the grapevine that my wife was a therapist and wondered if my wife could come over and comfort the family. So my wife, she goes over and just gets to know the family because there was nobody there with them. I ran into the store to get orange juice and milk and donuts to bring it over to the family. And what happened next was I became so close to this family. And, and, um, and they've moved on to Arizona. I still communicate with them. But, you know, it's becoming a part of their world and, and just listening to them and engaging them. And it means giving without expectation in return. You know, when I was a pastor, we did things at, at the local high school where we – I, I decided, you know what, these teachers, the whole staff at this public school, they are worn out, so we're going to do something that encourages them. So we went out, and I, I hit the community businesses, and I, and I had businesses um, go to these certificates and, um, and stuff for the, for the teachers and for the staff members. 
And for six years in a row, we would bring in these little kits, back-to-school survival kits at the beginning of the school year. And you know what? Both teachers felt appreciated. And, and when there were students in when there were students that were in crisis, they would actually send those students to me because they knew that we weren't that we were all about making a difference and just loving those those students. And so it isn't that hard, but but I think there's like we have to put on glasses to see that there's needs out there, that there are people who are hurting, and we have to be unafraid to lean into their pain, unafraid to ask questions. You don't want to pry, but people so many people, they, they suffer in isolation, and they just need somebody to ask how they're doing and, and then let the other person say whatever they want to say. But, but uh, there's a lot of need in our neighborhoods if we just engage. And you just engage, and that's really the fine line between sympathy and then empathy, which is actually doing something about it. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's sympathy, you feel bad for them, you try to make them feel better. Empathy, you are entering into the pain with them. And, and that, that's, you know, I don't want to make people change. I can't change a life, but, you know, I believe that God can or people have to decide that they're going to change. But by, by engaging them and entering into, into their world, you know, that helps them know that they're not alone. Mike, uh, you know, I, I, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about Battle Prayers, which will be released by W Publishing which I think it's a division of Harper Collins in 2022. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So so I, I talked earlier in the program about my roommate from college and how we wrote a book together called Prayers to Move Your Mountains in 2000. And and when we wrote that book, I had gotten beaten up by a church. I took two years off from being a pastor just to heal up. His wife died of colon cancer, and she was 34 years old. And we wrote a book of 111 prayers that help people connect with God. So the book did okay. So then about three months ago, my buddy Tom got a call from Thomas Nelson, the, the Christian publishing company. They said, hey, we found this book called Prayers to Move Your Mountains that we absolutely love. We want to reissue it in 2022, 20 years after we wrote the book, and we're going to retitle it Battle Prayers. But basically the idea behind it is a lot of times people have heavy hearts. They don't know how to pray to God. And this book helps them learn to pray to God because it gives them prayers they can pray. It's kind of a launching pad, launching pad for prayer. Wow. Um, Michael, how has the pandemic changed us, in your opinion? Well, I think, first of all, we're more isolated than we were before. Some people are experiencing anxiety from being isolated. Other people are experiencing anxiety from reentering civilization. We become more reliant on technology. You know, the, the good part about it, I remember when, when the pandemic first started, all of a sudden I saw families going on walks together in my neighborhood. Just did, never saw that before. But, but uh, one of the things that, you know, we, we, go, we went, came into the, the COVID thing not knowing what to expect. What I have found was there has been a burst of creativity. And, and even on Facebook, funny memes. And, um, but what I have found People wrote books. I mean, business has been booming for us this year because people were home and they wanted, they needed a creative outlet. They weren't as stressed out about work because they weren't out driving all day or whatever. And, and they started writing books. And, and for me, that has been the unexpected uh, good part about this pandemic is there's been a burst of creativity. Wow. You know, uh, you mentioned something earlier and I just want to give a shout out uh, to Rachel uh, Manu Roxy, and you, and you also mentioned uh, Ralph Plum. Uh, these are two fantastic people uh, that recommended that I talk with you tonight. So just want to say a hey, thank you, guys. Uh, this guy is a fantastic uh, guest, and uh, wow, he's bringing it. But, uh, Michael, if you was not doing publishing, and I already know that you are past it, if you were not doing this and you had your choice of doing anything that you wanted to do in this world, what would you be doing? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. You know what? I would be a high school teacher. I'd probably teach uh, social studies or history or something just because high school students are so impressionable. I was a youth pastor for a while and I love teenagers. I love working with youth. And so I would do that. 
<laughs> you know, uh, I I was expecting that to go somewhere else. <laughs> Where uh, were you expecting you, it to go? <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know because uh, just chatting with you the last couple of weeks, I mean, um, I feel it when I talk to you. I know that uh, I believe your heart. I believe, uh, I mean, just looking at you on Zoom and this and that. And you, you know how you just get that feeling about someone. You say, okay, yeah, I want to be associated with this guy. And um, I can't say that I was expecting this. Oh, I will be the world best pastor, this and that. I was expecting nothing, to be honest with you. Uh, but um, I'm just so happy that you took the time uh, to come on my show. And Thank you very much. To, and to let everybody know who Michael Claskin is and to open up with your heart uh, so they know that as well. Uh, so, Michael, we, we're down to about the last minute of the show. And, uh, man, I wish we had more time. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. I also want to thank my great, great co-host michelle cooley <laughs> thank you <laughs> I, I i i gotta always thank my fantastic fabulous producer well thank Noah you for Daniel. inviting michael on the show because i think we've all been enlightened james <laughs> no we got to get this guy back on oh, man you know what it's about 15 questions i sent i i, I didn't i only got the 12 so much more to get to <laughs> definitely part two uh, you, you think a uh, producer you think we can get this guy back on the show? uh i'd call that 100 percent <laughs> That'd be fun. I'd love to do it. Yeah, so uh, I, I also want to thank my listening audience for always tuning in uh, to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, especially at the beginning of the week. No, we, we, it's just Monday. On a Monday, Mo- we appreciate it. And it's Monday through Friday. You know, so uh, I tell you, we're always looking for sponsors to help bring this great message to our listening audience. Again, I want to thank Michael Classman. I want to thank Michelle. I want to thank you, Noah. I want to thank our listening audience. And I tell you, just stay tuned. We got a full week of power, 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 uh, beginning again tomorrow. We started today, but we got to continue. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.